Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Well, good afternoon and welcome to Stevens Creek Church. I'd like to welcome all those watching online. I hope you are having a great day. Today we're concluding our series called Testing Positive. Uh, I, and with a message focused on Mark chapter 11. But before we go there, you know, I like to start with something funny. Did you hear about the artist uh, that had his works displayed on an art gallery and he called the owner up and said, hey, how is it going? He said, well, I've got some good news and I've got some bad news. He said, well, tell me the good news. He said, a guy came in and asked me a question. and said, would this art appreciate when the artist passes on? And I told him, yeah. And so he bought all 15 uh, pieces of your work. He said, man, that is great news. What's bad? What's the bad news? Well, the guy was your doctor. Oh, inside information. Let that sink in a little bit. Well, today we're, we're dealing with a pandemic and an epidemic, and it's all around us. Now, it's in our neighborhoods. It's, it's around in our schools. It is in our communities. It's on social media. This, this epidemic has affected every single one of us to one degree or another. Now, it's not the coronavirus, nor is it social injustice, but it's the epidemic of negativity. Negativity. And this, this series, Testing Positive, is our desire to push back the darkness to push back the negativity in our world and combat this contagious disease. You say, well, how does it spread? It spreads through our words. You know, your words are like seeds and that you um, send them forth and they, uh, they plant and they grow. Uh, your words have the ability to produce life or death and they actually have the ability to forecast your future. So the big idea of this entire series is this. You cannot talk negative and expect to live a positive life. You cannot talk defeat and expect to live in victory. You cannot talk lack and expect to have abundance. And so my goal is, is not only to encourage you to be positive, but it's also to encourage you to have a positive faith. We have this power to speak, and so I want to encourage you to speak life and to speak faith. Today, we're going to focus on Mark chapter 11 and verse 22 and following. Jesus answered a question and said, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Truly, I tell you that if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what they say will happen it will be done unto them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you receive it, and it shall be yours. So notice that uh, verse 22, have faith in God. Well, what is faith? Faith is that courage uh, to let God have control of your life. Faith is that courage to let have God have control. 
that you say, God, I'm giving over control. I am surrendering. I am submitting to you. Submission. We often describe, uh, define that word submission like this. It's an invitation for someone to lead. So when we come to Christ in faith, we're saying, Jesus, be the leader and be the Lord of our lives. Guide us, direct us. So when we think about faith, you know, I believe faith does four things. First of all, when I have faith, faith shrinks my problems. You know, so many times I look at a problem that I have, and it seems so large, it's huge. But then I turn, and, and I look at the size of my God. And when I look at the size of God, it has a way of changing my viewpoint, changing my perspective, and shrinking my problem. So faith shrinks my problem because God is bigger than any problem that you may have. So what is that problem you're uh, wrestling with? Just name it. You can fill in the blank. And you can write your problem there as clear as day, and I will say to you that God is bigger than your problem. God is bigger than this situation that you're wrestling with. God is bigger than this condition. God is bigger than uh, this business problem. God is just bigger. So here's the second thing. I'm talking about four things about faith. Faith opens the door for a miracle. You see, Faith can move mountains. And if you study the Bible, you study history, you'll find that every time God moves on this earth, he moves as a result of somebody's faith. Somebody believed. Somebody asked. And as a result of that, God moved. So we look around and we see all these phenomenal accomplishments. And we're seeing uh, this wonderful work being done. How is it being done? It's because Somebody prayed, somebody believed, and God gave them the ability to do that. So faith has this ability to open the door for a miracle. Not only that, faith, the third, <clears throat> moves God to act on my behalf. Think about that. Faith moves God to act. God, um, he moves God. In, in Matthew chapter 9, it says, according to your faith, it will be done. Faith moves God to act. God responds. When we step out, when we believe, God uh, moves on our behalf. Now, this past week, there's a lot of news being, uh, that has taken place, and it is so interesting how the headlines has changed every day with a, a bombshell story. But the week started off, uh, and I saw a clip of Bill Maher talking about Amy Coney Barrett uh, the person who has been nominated to fill the Supreme Court vacancy. And when he was talking about her, he talked about her faith. He talked about her being, uh, her being a Catholic. But not only that, he said, she is really Catholic. You know, the speaking in tongues kind of Catholic. Now, he said that to be a negative jab at her. He said that as to be something not positive at all, but I received it as something very positive. I mean, very practically, wouldn't you want a Supreme Court justice that would be filled with the Holy Spirit? 
Wouldn't you want someone that when uh, they would come to a, a, a challenge before the court, that they would say, God, speak to me? Because, you know, the Bible says that when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will give you words to say. You might not even know what to say, but God will give you the words to say. And so there's power in that. I, I would pray that every Supreme Court justice would be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit so that we would be able to um, move in step with God's will and God's plan for us. I think about that. He was talking, oh, she's Catholic. And then not only that, she's a speaking in tongues Catholic. That means she's Pentecostal. She's Pentecostal. She's a part of the people of praise. So what's that? Well, that's a, a group of people that have held on to their traditions and their family uh, church, the Catholic church, and they've merged that with Stevens Creek. And what they do, they gather and, and they, uh, they preach the Bible and they experience the power of the Holy Spirit in their worship. And so we see that merged together. And I think it's a very interesting thing. It's, it's interesting to me because I see the whole roots of Pentecostalism. I'm a third-generation Pentecostal. I'll give you a quick little history lesson. And you are, as a part of Stevens Creek, a part of a Church of God denomination. So in, 19, in 1896, this phenomenon uh, was introduced to um, America an Acts chapter 2 experience happened in the hills of North Carolina in 1896. And it just uh, so happened that it happened to a group of hillbillies of folks in western North Carolina. They're mountain people, and they had gathered together to pray, to seek God's will for their life, and to open them up to whatever God would have them to do. And during this experience, God released an Acts chapter 2 event on their lives, and it revolutionized their lives. And so this group started a movement called the Church of God, of which you're a part of. 1902, we see another outbreak of this in Topeka, Kansas. 1907, you see Azusa Street. So you see these this fires of this Pentecostal movement start to burn across America with people just passionate about knowing God and experiencing life and the power of the Spirit. Now, the interesting thing is these folks were uneducated. These folks did not have money. They were not people of means. Do you know that our denomination, it took 50 years for them to have their first college-educated preacher? 50 years into this. their first, And it just happened to be Patty's uh, great-uncle, R.R. Walker. And so her roots go deep, deep, deep into this. Why is that even important? It's important because God will often use people that you never think that he could use. God will often use people that maybe they're stuck over in the hills of North Carolina with no education and, and they're not people of means. But God's anointing will reach down and touch that person and that, uh, that group of people will really transform a larger group or even transform the world. Think about that. So now, a little over 100 years later, 120-something years later, we have a Pentecostal who have been nominated to be a Supreme Court justice in America. How crazy is that? But that's what God does. That's what God will do for you. I believe that God, give, faith gives you power 
for God to act on your behalf. And he will move in your life. And I believe that in faith, he will open doors that you thought would never open. And you know what else? He's going to close some doors that God does not want you to be uh, to walk through. God has the ability to direct your footsteps. And so that is the importance to put our faith, according to your faith, it will be done. I said there's four things. Here's the fourth one. Faith gives me the power to hold on during the tough times. We're, we all have tough times. We all wrestle and go through difficult seasons. You see, faith does not always take you out of the problem. But oftentimes, faith takes you through the problem. It doesn't take you out. You're just not immediately delivered because you're not in heaven. In this world, you'll have conflict. You'll have trouble. You'll have difficulty. It's a reminder that this world is not our home, that we are passing through this world. But faith gives me power to hold on in the tough times. It's kind of a through-it-all faith. He gives us strength. He gives us resilience. You see, the secret of every winner, whether it's a, a winner in a, a football game or a, a winner in business or a winner in a relationship, the secret to winning is resilience. Resilience is that ability to bounce back when you, when you fall. And that's what we're talking about here, having a, a bounce back kind of faith, having a resilient faith. And he gives us the power, he works on our behalf to get through what we are going through. Jesus said, have faith in God. Truly, I tell you that if anyone says to the mountain, go and throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what the, uh, that what they say will happen, it will be done. Now, I've read this scripture over and over throughout my lifetime, but this, over the last several weeks, it's really spoken to me. If you say to the mountain, we've been talking about saying words. You can't speak negative and expect to have a positive life. You know, we're talking about the power of our words. And here Jesus is saying, you've got to talk, you've got to say, you say to the mountain. And then what you say will happen. Now, when Jesus says, say to the mountain, he was with his disciples, and I would imagine they were either standing on the Mount of Olives, or maybe they were across the valley looking back and maybe pointing to the Mount of Olives, as if to say, Jesus was saying, you say to the mountain, be cast into the, sea, the Mediterranean Sea, and it will go into the sea. Now, here's what we know. He's not saying, Peter, you can do this. He's not saying, James, you can do this, or John, you can do this, or any of the disciples can do this. You just can't say to the mountain to be moved and have it cast into the sea. It's impossible. But it was not impossible for God, and that's the whole point. God has the ability to move mountains. You don't, I don't but God does. God has the ability to move mountains. He can change your situation. God can do what you cannot do. And so we look at that mountain, and oftentimes we talk about mountains in light of situations we're in. 
are roadblocks or difficulties. Like you walk outside here and you're not going to see a mountain uh, over the horizon. But I, I know this, some of you deal with those. It's a mountain that's got you blocked or got you hinged in. And maybe uh, it's a financial issue. Maybe it's a sickness. Maybe it's a relational issue. Maybe it's an addiction. Whatever, that thing, that mountain in front of you that is keeping you back. And Jesus told his disciples that if you want to move the mountain, you've got to speak to the mountain. You have to talk to the mountain. He said two things. You've got to talk to the mountain, and then you, you should not doubt in your heart. Most likely, probably the hardest thing the disciples had to do was to talk to the mountain. I mean, let's face it. If you were to go outside right now and to go talk to a mountain, and people would see you talking to a mountain, they would say, he or she, they're crazy. They're crazy. Because it's crazy that you would go out and you would talk to a mountain. What kind of person does that? Yet, that's exactly what Jesus is telling the disciples to do. God calls us to believe him for things that are humanly impossible, the things that make no sense. And what he's teaching us in this is that faith is released when we say it out loud. Faith is released when you say it out loud. And maybe some of you have been speaking faith. You've been addressing that problem. You've been saying it out loud. But maybe you've stood there and you've addressed it. You've said it out loud and nothing's happening. You speak it out loud and nothing happens. You know, the day before Jesus told his disciples to speak to the mountains, uh, to speak to the mountain, he was in the town of Bethany. And this is in Mark chapter 11 also. And as they were leaving Bethany, he saw this fig tree off in the distance. And Jesus was hungry, so he goes over to the fig tree to get some fruit to eat. And he noticed that the fig tree did not have any fruit on it. And so Jesus spoke. And Jesus cursed the tree. He said, may no per person ever eat fruit from you again. He cursed the tree. But when he cursed the tree, it was like nothing happened. They couldn't see anything happen on the outside. Nothing looked different. I can hear the disciples saying, what's going on here? Has he lost his power? I mean, we've seen him speak to the storms. Peace be still, and the wind and the rain would stop. We've seen him tell a, a lame man, take up your, your mat and walk, and the man walked. He has power. We've seen him heal blind eyes and open up deaf ears. What's going on here? Nothing is happening here. Nothing's happening. But the next morning... As the disciples were passing by, they saw this tree. And the scripture says the tree had withered from the roots. When Jesus spoke to the tree, nothing happened on the outside on the previous day. But on the inside, his word went forward and cut uh, that tree from the root. And when the root is dead, the tree is dead. It may look like it's alive, it may still have green leaves. It may still have branches. Um, but it's only a matter of time until it withers and until the outside 
catches up with the inside. Now, we've been talking about being positive, about speaking faith, and, um, and there are times that when you are positive and you speak faith, that you feel like your words are falling on deaf ears. You feel like that your prayers are not getting past the ceiling. You feel like you're speaking this and nothing is happening. You may not see a change on the outside, but there is a change on the inside that's happening. You see, God is testing your faith. God is, God is <clears throat> calling you to believe him, to have faith. Faith is taking the first step when you cannot see the next step. Faith is taking that first step when you can't see the next step. That's how God tests us. God will say, I'm opening a door. This is an opportunity. And you say, oh, good. What does the next year look like and then the next three years and the next five? Give me the five-year plan, and then I'll, I'll weigh the, uh, the pros and cons, and then I'll decide if I'll do that. And God said, no, I want you to trust me. I'm going to open the door. I want you to take the first step. But I want to know the second step. He said, no, it doesn't work that way. Just trust me. It is that daily experience, that daily bread that he's talking about. You may not see the answer, but the answer is on the way. Now, when Patty and I got married, it was a long, long time. I mean, it was like in the last century, okay? Really a, long, a lot longer than some of you were born. It was back in the 1980s, okay? Got married in 1982. And um, we didn't have any money when we got married. We didn't know you needed money when you got married. She was 20, I was 21. We didn't know you needed money. Um, we just got married because we loved each other. And so uh, a few months into this love experiment, we discovered that the wedding money had evaporated and that we were broke and uh, we needed help. And we didn't come from families of means and, and our families did what they could do, but still, we ended up being on food stamps and ultimately living in government-subsidized housing. We, we didn't have much, but... Uh, we did have love, and we had this understanding that God was going to provide. Well, the second year of our marriage, things started to, to turn around. Patty and I were getting on our feet. Uh, I went to graduate school at Sanford. Um, we moved uh, to Birmingham. We, Patty got a job. She got a job making $250 a week at Lakeshore Hospital. I started working part-time, making $100 a week, and we moved into an apartment, and we really thought the drought was over, that happy days are here again. But a few months into this new adventure, in the span of 10 days, we had several things happen to us that if we look at it now, it's not a big deal. But I'm telling you, in our situation in those days, this was huge. What happened? Our clothes dryer uh, went out, um, could not be repaired, then our car battery went dead, and then the worst thing was that our head gasket in our car, um, our car blew a gasket, and it cracked the engine block of, of the car. And you add all those things together, and it was an intense financial pressure. In fact, if you added all that together, it was about around two months of our salary, and we were already tight. We couldn't imagine having to do this. And, and we've got to think about it. We have done nothing wrong. 
Some of you know what I'm talking about because you feel that intensity right now. And you have done nothing wrong, and yet you are suffering. You've done nothing wrong, and yet your business could not survive because of the shutdown. You've done nothing wrong, and now you find yourself with your back against the wall. And you feel this pressure. That's how we felt this pressure. We not only felt the pressure from without, but we felt that there was this internal, this spiritual pressure. We felt like we were being attacked by the enemy. We were a little over a year into our marriage, and I'll never forget uh, on a Saturday night, we uh, knelt down on, uh, in our living room and we held hands and we started to pray. And we rebuked the enemy, we rebuked the devil, said, Satan, you will have no authority over us. And we asked God to help us. Things changed right then. However, we went to bed broke. Things changed right then. However, we went to bed broke. In fact, we got up the next day when we were broke. And the following day we were broke. And the following day. And and what we noticed is that God had changed something on the inside, but we couldn't see it on the outside. But I'll tell you, God came through. People from um, unexpected places said, I was just thinking about you, and the Lord told me to send you this money, or, or God told me to do this, and, God, and a guy called him and said, I don't know, I'm, uh, I've got an extra dryer. Do you know of anybody in the church that needs a dryer? Yeah, I do. And in a, in, in a span of, 10, um, of uh, 14 days, God took care of all of that, and we're able to pay cash for all of that. And I think the reason the Lord did that, he wanted to teach us early on to trust him, to put our faith in him. That as a, a young couple, 21 years old at the time, just to, that God is your source. Some of you are going to bed broke. Some of you are Have you spoken positive things? You've spoken life change, but the sickness that you're you're dealing with is not getting any better, and maybe that wayward child that you're praying for is not any closer to coming home, and the anxiety that you've wrestled with is just as bad as ever, and the addiction is just as strong, and you've spoke life, and you've prayed, and you're wondering, God, why aren't you doing something? I believe that God moved in your life the moment that you stepped out in faith. I believe that the answer is on the way. I believe that the moment you stepped out in faith, that he went and changed something on the inside, that the root was cut, and you can't see the blessings that's coming but, um, on the outside, but God has already started the work. When Jesus spoke to the tree, nothing happened on the outside. But on the inside, down in the roots, the source had been cut off. And when the roots were dead, it was dead. And so I want you to put your faith in God and understand that the moment you prayed, God heard you. And I want you to stand in faith. I want you to stay in faith. And like that plant, maybe you're going to see your problem wither away. It's going to be 
okay. Now, when Jesus spoke to the tree, there's no evidence that anything changed. He went on, uh, he was teaching a lesson on faith. We pick it up, verse 20. In the morning, as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig, fig tree that you cursed, it's withered. Jesus answered and said, have faith in God. Truly, I tell you that if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done to them. And therefore, I tell you that whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you received it and you will, and it will be yours. He's saying, say to the mountain. So what are you saying to your mountain? What are you saying? The hardest thing to do is to speak to the mountain. Faith is released when you speak it out loud. The scripture says in, in Hebrews chapter 10, he said, let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering for he is faithful that promise. Let us hold fast to the profession of our faith. Don't talk yourself out of what God wants to do in your life. Don't talk yourself out of a blessing. Don't talk yourself out of the miracle. Keep speaking to the mountain. Keep speaking victory. Keep declaring that I am whole, that I am healed. You may have a mountain of debt, and I want to encourage you to keep speaking abundance. For years, I prayed this prayer, God, bring my mortgage down to a zero balance. I started praying that early on. I'm telling you, years. God, bring my mortgage. I prayed, um, I prayed that on a regular basis. God, bring my mortgage down to a zero balance. You know what else I did? I made my payments. And it's amazing, you know, my dad would say, yeah, you need to put some legs on those prayers. It's amazing that when you pray and you um, ask God for the impossible and, and then you do the possible, it's amazing what God can do. God, bring my, my mortgage down to a zero balance. If you're not praying that prayer, you need to start praying that today. You need to pray that today. Now, it didn't happen overnight, but I can, I can say today that I am debt-free. And here's what I believe. I believe that if I had never declared that when I was in my 20s, I wouldn't be in my 50s now debt-free. I believe that you forecast your future. I believe that you speak things into existence. You call those things that be not as though they have been accomplished. You start to speak it. What are you saying? What are you saying to your mountain? I call you to call it out, speak it out. Every time you declare victory, you're getting closer to that miracle. Every time you say, I am healed, you're moving closer to that healing. Every time you say that I am blessed, you're moving closer to the favor of God. Every time you say I am free, that I'm not being controlled by alcohol, I'm not being controlled by this addiction, I'm not being controlled by this, um, uh, this debt, that I am walking in um, blessing and I'm walking in favor and I'm, I'm walking in a breakthrough opportunity.
What are you saying to your mountain? When you speak something out, you give life to it. And that's why we've spent this whole series saying, you can't talk negative and expect to live a positive life. Your words are like seeds. You're forecasting your future. This past week I read about a drought that took place in England years ago. And the pastor of this community called his church together and said, we've got to pray. This drought is killing us. So he gathered the church together uh, to pray for rain. As they entered the church, there was not a cloud in the sky. Everybody filed into the church to uh, pray for rain. But there's one member named Mary, and she came in and she brought an umbrella. And they kind of looked and laughed at her. She said, well, we're, we're praying for rain. I thought that I should bring an umbrella. And they chuckled, and the pastor patted her on the shoulders and said, yeah, bless. But as they began to pray, the clouds rolled in. The wind started to blow, and torrents of rain poured down on that community. Mary was the only one that went home dry. Everybody else went home wet. Now, what's the point? That's what faith does. Faith brings an umbrella to a prayer meeting where you're praying for rain. Faith brings an umbrella to a prayer meeting where you're praying for rain. Therefore, I tell you that whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you received it, and it will be yours. That's what we're going to do. So what do you need the Lord to do in your life today? Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe. What is that problem? What is that mountain? Today, we're going to pray, and we're going to believe that God is going to hear and God's going to answer your prayer. You ready? Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, God, that your power would be released in this room. And to wherever this uh, service is being broadcast, it may be in your living room, you may be listening to it on a podcast. I pray in the name of Jesus that wherever you are, that the pres you would sense the presence of the Lord. And today, in faith, we're asking you to move. God, for those that have never been saved, that this is the day that you say, Jesus, save me. Jesus, make me into the kind of person that you would have me to be. This is the day that you're praying, Jesus, help me. God, help me get through this week or help me deal with this problem at work or God, help me uh, with this illness or this pain. Whatever that is, Father, we speak to that mountain right now and we say, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, receive healing. In the name of Jesus, receive salvation. In the name of Jesus. Father, we know that the name of Jesus is the most powerful word in our vocabulary. That at the name of Jesus, demons and devils tremble. I pray, God, that you would send freedom over this church. God, I pray, God, that you'd send freedom over the families, those people that are struggling, that feel like that they're being held back, that this be a moment, God, that, that those uh, 
those strongholds would be broken in the name of Jesus, that they would walk out of this room today, not like they walked in, but they'd walk out with a new liberty and a new freedom, knowing that you're going before them. And so we thank you, Father, for what you're doing and what you're going to do. We pray this in the strong name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Go ahead and let's pray. A few days ago, I had an opportunity to be on WAFJ to help them with the share And as I was over there, I, I heard a song I'd never heard before. It's called Into the Sea. And uh, it really resonated. I think I was thinking about this message. I was just thinking about the uh, pandemic and all the, the chaos that we have in our world. And the key part of the song was saying, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It really resonated with me. And I asked, uh, I've asked Peyton to come and to sing this. I want her to sing this over you. I just want you to sit there and to receive this word. Receive this encouragement that, yes, it's going to be okay. Receive this word in your life. Receive it in Jesus' name.
Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.